right now doing big giant things you know what I mean and during the set you know she up there baby is just why I love you so much all of a sudden hey hey fuck nigga hey 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 you beat this bitch ass hold the fuck on cuz hold my mic homie hey yo man you ain't gotta touch it like that folk nigga 
what it like <laughs> Monica was like Eminem. I don't give a fuck, man. <laughs> I don't give a fuck, man. <laughs> so, alright, man. Let me let me let me do this in a professional tone. So basically, Monica was on stage and a fight broke out between a couple on the sideline. And it was, I guess it was this older couple, and they was they was getting it. They was over there getting it in. And nobody in the crowd did anything. Monica had to come down with her two security guards to defuse the situation. Them niggas was like, that ain't got shit to do with me. I mean, I see both sides of the coin here. Yes, security is supposed to do their job and break it up. I get that. I get that you don't want to really get involved in other people's business because... We don't know what niggas be on, you know what I mean? You know, fighting a rando at a concert. You don't know, especially if you you win the fight. You're going out to your car and the next minute, bop, 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 nah. And I do understand, like, getting involved in domestic disputes that doesn't involve you directly. I get that as well. But why is niggas fighting at an R&B concert? I thought R&B concerts were supposed to be love. I guess somebody was singing uh, Knock Knock a little bit too hard and So Gone a little bit too hard. Somebody was rocking, rocking too hard to You Should Have Known Better. Or then maybe Ashanti was on stage and the chick was singing too hard. And it did it tend to leave me. <laughs> you know, OG looked like he had enough. I mean, this lady did swing on him first. But, fellas, fellas, man, we got to learn to walk away. There's, there's two things that you're never going to win with a woman. An argument or in a fist fight. Because, okay, say for example, this woman hits you about 50, 50, 11 times, right? Say this woman hits you, hits you with a motherfucking killer instinct 50 hit combo, right? Or a Tekken 7, Tekken 8 button mash array, right? You hit her ass one time. The man goes to jail. Now, I do give credit where credit is due. They have been giving the man the benefit of the doubt, depending on the marks and the scratches and the bruises. They have been a little bit better with that. But still, in a domestic violence case, they go and take the man's side. Regardless of whether she swung first or not, my man should have exhibited self-control, especially in a public venue. Self-control is key in this world. You got to walk away. If this lady is hitting you unlawfully in public, that's some, there's some soul searching that you need to do. If this woman is uh, legitimately willing to haul off on your motherfucking ass in public, you got to end that relationship. 
Period. Point blank. You got to end that shit. Walk away. I know for for sure. One thing's for sure. Three things for certain. If a woman is hauling off on me in public, I'm walking the fuck off. And no, bitch, you're not. No, bitch. You are taking the Uber home. I'm not taking you home, bitch. You swung on. Yes, I'm saying, bitch, I don't give a fuck. No. You is not going to haul off on me in public and expect to get a fucking ride home from me. I will leave your ass right at that concert and you going to be taking Uber home. Fuck that. But this nigga proceeded to fight this woman like a man. The man was swinging. You know, it got Monica attention bad. That's how bad he was going. That nigga was fighting like he was Shakur Stevenson or Devin Haney, nigga. <laughs> I, just, I was just like, God damn, because they had the up-close footage of the actual fight or whatever. And my man was going... He was putting his dukes up. He was just like, this is for Chris Brown, nigga. <laughs> oh, man. Monica was the only one man enough to break the fight up. Monica went over there and just mushed the nigga like, bitch. I know niggas ain't down on the crowd fighting out this bitch. Hold on. Yo, why she jump on stage like Trey Songs and the security guard back in the day? Hey, Google this old video. I don't know if it's still out, but it's this video where Trey Songs is on stage singing. And this random nigga throw ice on the stage at Trey Songs. And he's like, I know niggas ain't throwing ice on the stage. Who did that? And he was like, yeah, it was you. And then Trey Songs and the security guard jumped off the stage. Yo, the security guard floated off the stage. Like, he is security guard size. Pause. But, bro. The nigga just floated off the stage like he was Prince, bro. The security. I mean, Trey Songs is Trey Songs, But, bro. That's what Monica looked like the other night. <laughs> Yo, shout out to Monica though. Monica a thug. A lot of y'all motherfuckers, man, man, RB singers is harder than rappers. Like, pause, but I'm just saying in general, like, RB singers is more gangster than the rap niggas. Monica is no exception. This is C Murder Wifey B. To, to really like get into a fist fight in public. I mean, y'all couldn't wait to get to the fucking car. 
Detroit, we got to do better. As a nigga from Detroit, we got to do better. Straight up. Like, y'all couldn't wait to get to fight in the car like Ike and Tina. Like, you know, Ike and Tina ain't, ain't scrap out in public. They waited till they got into the room. Anyway, moving on, right? So J-Rock got a new record out. I mean, he dropped the first single, Eastside. That shit was a banger, but his new single features two highly prominent artists. And Anderson Pack and Lotto It's called Pull Over. Obviously, it's a play on Trina's joint, and it's produced by Mustard. And I was just like, oh, yeah, this is a fire beat. And, you know, it's a jump off, man. It's a party record. I don't know, man. I hope it's a big single because, you know, Rock is, you know, Rock is a Grammy award winning artist. Can never forget. I mean, J-Rock was the first nigga on TDE to actually pop off before Kendrick Lamar did. Like he has a history of his own so he's a great artist within his own right so he definitely deserves like the big feature the big single the big production yeah I just hope that record does well so I was reading this article the other day and the article said that Draymond Green don't really fuck with Jonathan Kaminga like that. Which is completely strange because, you know, isn't he one of the leaders of the team? Now, we know Steph is the leader. Draymond already called it out live on TV that Steph is the leader of this team. No doubt. And that's very, and that's true, that's a true story. But however, though, him not fucking with Kaminga, pause. It's kind of strange to me. You know, I understand that niggas don't need to be friends. I get that. But if you're some if you're some sort of a veteran player, it's kind of like your job to pay it forward to the next generation. Even if you're not being paid to do that. You know, if you look at a nigga like Udonis Haslam, you know what I'm saying? Well past his prime. But was willing to stay on Miami Heat to pay it forward to the next generations of young pro basketball players. Because, you know, back in the day, it was like five or six niggas per team that was willing to give you free game. To tell you how the league works, how to be a professional, how to dress right how to walk it and talk it and on how to conduct yourself as a pro basketball player. And that in today's game does not exist with all these young wild niggas running around and shit. 
And that's because, you know, they took that equation out of the game because you want to know what's going on? I know what's... Because you and I know what's going on. What's going on is very simple, bro. They are phasing out the older guys. They're phasing them out. Instead of just keeping them on the team for leadership purposes. I mean... I'm not saying that John Wall is a leader. I'm saying that he can help. You know, that was what his job was initially in Houston. But, you know, Wall wanted to play ball and Houston wouldn't allow him to play basketball because they were phasing the veteran talent out. They phased out Dwight. They phased out DeMarcus Cousins. They phased out John Rondo. They're phasing out John Wall. In favor, and now these days, your veteran player is 24 years old. Still young, still hasn't figured out life yet. Just young, ignorant, and rich. Never forget, though, when you're trying to let go of a particular generation of basketball, thinking that you're better in the league by doing this shit, you're really hurting the league because you're taking the vet out of the game. You're taking the 12-year vet, 11-year vet. Why do you think Golden State won so many championships? They have vets on the team like David West, David Lee, Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala. You know what I'm saying? That's why the Warriors were so successful all these years. Because there were like major veterans on that team. Like, why you think the uh, Phoenix, I mean, why you think the Denver Nuggets won last year? They had mad vets on that team, like Reggie Jackson, like DeAndre Jordan. You had Ish Smith, you had Jeff Green. Guys that have been around for a long time. You know, to instill confidence in a Bruce Brown and a Christian Brown. And a Aaron Gordon and a Nicola and a Jamal Murray. For the NBA to take the vet out of the game by just phasing a generation of basketball players out just to see, like, for their own greater good, it's really fucked up, man. And it's a reason why these niggas is running around here like chickens with their heads cut off. But the fact that also, you know, not only does Draymond Green not have a relationship with Jordan, I mean, Jonathan Kaminga, you know, First, of course, you know, this is uh, an article I read by uh, Monty Poole, basically. That's the name of the, uh, that's my source. So first it was Jordan Poole, then it was Chris Paul, and now it's Jonathan Kaminga. Is Draymond Green the most toxic teammate in the NBA? Mm, that's a really good question. He probably might be. Because you got you to gotta think about the history. 
of Draymond Green. Like, this dude, you know, the Warriors were up 3-1. And then Draymond, you know, in a pivotal game, got ejected from the game. In the most crucial time ever. Now, granted, he did have a bounce-back game seven where he was phenomenal and played the best game still of his career. But he still was one of the reasons why the Warriors didn't win that year. Then not to mention, you know, the dirty play. Not to mention Kevin Durant running Kevin Durant off, running Jordan Poole off. Kind of fucking up the momentum that they had from their championship season. You know, the fact that, from what I heard, the fact that they made it to the second round of the playoffs and lost in six games is phenomenal because the team chemistry was fractured. Jordan Poole felt like the veterans left him for dead, basically. You know, they all took Draymond's side, even though Draymond was dead-ass wrong. And I got I to gotta try to remember who said this. I think it was Eddie Johnson. Yeah, it was Eddie Johnson, former NBA player for the Houston Rockets or whatever, right? He said that Steph let them down. Clay let, let the team down. Draymond let the team down. Steve Kerr let the team down. And that's really true. And the fact that they let Draymond get away with all these shenanigans with no um, reprimanding, no punishment, basically, they did absolutely nothing to discipline this guy. And this is exactly why, you know, Jordan Poole left. And this is probably going to be the reason why Jonathan Kaminga ends up leaving the team because I feel like they're doing him a disservice by not giving him the minutes that he needs because when they picked Kaminga and Moses Moody that year, I thought, you know, Golden State was going to win the championship. I mean, I was right. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I wasn't wrong. But I thought that they would still continue to win championships at least every other year. You're listening to the sounds of Stockton Productions. So... Yeah, man. Crazy situation over there in Golden State. But Draymond's definitely the most toxic teammate. Because, you know, now he's saying that he don't he never really liked Chris Paul when he just joined your team. So that's a lot of weird energy. So Jamie Foxx has finally come out and issued a statement. And everybody's talking about this man's appearance like he wasn't sick. Now, he, you know, in his, um, in his uh, post, he didn't clarify what exactly he suffered from and what he got sick from. But obviously, when you are damn near close to death, and you work your way back and you overcome that shit, you're obviously going to look different. Nobody comes out of that type of situation looking like their old self. And I mean nobody. 
so, I mean, Jamie Foxx was saying that, you know, he was grateful for everybody that sent him prayers, people that was there for him, you know, and he credited his inner circle for keeping shit airtight. He had said that um, the rumors about him being blind were false. The rumors about him being paralyzed were false. And Jamie Foxx just didn't want to see, didn't want y'all to see him fucked up like that. And I kind of knew that's what it was. Because Jamie Foxx is the type nigga that wants to be around when everybody's happy, everyone's smiling, and everyone's having fun and a good time. He doesn't want to see, he doesn't want pe- people to see him all fucked up with tubes in his shit and all of this other crap. He didn't want that. He wanted to wait until he was completely 100% to come out and address his situation. And you got to commend Jamie Foxx. You got to commend his inner circle, even though we were all worried about him. The whole world was worried about him because the world loves Fox. The world loves Jamie Fox. Jamie Fox says, you know, if you've been around, say for example, if you're 34 years old like me, you saw every form of Jamie Fox, from In Living Color to Booty Call to um, his cameos in particular movies and whatnot. You've seen his comedy special, The Foxhole. You know what I'm saying? You saw his serious satellite radio joint. You saw the Jamie Foxx show. You know, you saw him in these big budget movies. You saw him as Ray. You know, we've seen Jamie Foxx his entire career. If you've lived as long as I've lived. I mean, some of y'all came in watching. And then, not to mention, him writing t-shirt and panties for Adina Howard. Him doing his own music, him doing features with Kanye and doing all, doing four or five albums. So we seen Fox and we grew to love Jamie Fox. Moving on though. Let's see. What's next? Oh yeah, man. We gotta talk about this. We gotta talk about this because this is a pivotal part of the beginning of my adulthood. Wale, Waka Flocka. Roscoe Dash, Drummer Boy, No Hands, the record called No Hands is Diamond. Let me tell you something, man. Let me tell you something, Kenny. This was the record. Like, when I was going to college, trade school, whatever the fuck, going to college parties and shit like that, East Lansing, Ypsilanti, what's good, y'all? This was the record this was the shit this had all the house parties going up this had the club going up this was the motherfucker this was the record no hands is catchy it's fun it's not violent and it's just about having fun and Waka deserves this Wale deserves this Wale's got a diamond record nigga that is exciting because Wale is one of my favorite MCs. And I feel like he an MC that needs more respect. You know what I'm saying? That's, you know, 
respect is lacking out here in these streets. They don't never mention him as the best rapper in the best rapper conversations, despite him having the skills, having the pedigree, having the resume. And now he's got a diamond record to add to that. So put him in more conversations, bitch. But this is a hell of an accomplishment. And shout out to Roscoe Dash, too. He made that motherfucker go as well. You know, a lot of people forgot about Roscoe Dash because, you know, he was in an era where, you know, it was trendy. Do you consider him snap era? I don't know what what you would call that era to me. I don't know. But he was in a class with, you know, Soldier Boy, Travis Porter, Waka Flocka. They all were like on the come up basically. And Wale, you know, he had just got uh I think he was I think he was um transitioning from Interscope to Maybach. I think that's where Wale was at that stage of his career. But no hands. I have too many memories of no hands. Like, shit nigga, I'ma play that and not that my neck at my next engagement and just celebrate. Because, you know, I already played this instrument on my badge, y'all. But, um, yeah, man, no hands is diamond. Congratulations to Wale, Roscoe, Waka, and Drummer Boy for a diamond plaque. Because I know they played this shit out of that record. The thing that I'm surprised about is how come Wobble and the Cupid Shuffle aren't diamond yet? As much as that shit is played at parties and whatnot, like, I don't understand. If No Hands is Diamond, I know Cupid Shuffle and Wobble gotta be platinum at this. I mean, gotta be diamond at this point. So, the uh, NBA has approved the sale of the Charlotte Hornets officially to that group of millionaires including J. Cole who was also involved with that particular group of people. Shout out to the Hornets. Yo, man. I'm starting to think I'm starting to rethink my life and um, I should have been a soccer player bitch. I really should have because this motherfucker here so You know, this is the thing about sports, right? I wouldn't be, I wouldn't want to be one of those niggas that would want my salary reported by the media. That's why I don't want to fucking be famous. Because of shit like this, little shit like this, you know what I mean? You got to get security. Yeah, you got to hope that your house don't get broken into and robbed. But this soccer team named Al Halal has offered this one soccer player. I'm going to butcher this guy's name. Sorry. But I hope it's Killian Mbappe or Mbappe. My bad. Mbappe. They offered this man one year to just play for this team. One year. Not two years. Not 10 years. Not five years. But one year. 
and $1.1 billion to just play soccer, just to kick a goddamn ball across a field. I picked the wrong fucking sport. I picked the wrong motherfucking sport, man. I really did. I fucked up. Like horribly. I terribly fucked up, y'all. Like this nigga getting what? I mean, I know this ain't NBA related, but this is something that, yo, when you see a, a athlete getting offered $1.1 billion for a year, that's something to talk about. That's a story right there. Because, okay, right? You get a $332 million transfer fee for him. But the salary, the actual salary, though, you know, taking all the bullshit out of it, right? He'll make $776 million for one season, which is still crazy. Even with the transfer fees taken out, he's still could make $776 million just to play soccer for this team. Uh, Mr. Mbappe, I hope that's how you pronounce that. Sign that shit. If he declines this, he's got to be the dummy of the century. Ain't no fucking way, dog. One part, one billion? A couple billion? I'm just completely stunned just reading some shit like that. Like getting 1.1 billion in your bank account or even 776 million. That's a finesse out of this world. Okay, so there was this video that came out. There is different versions of this story. And there's different layers. But allegedly, I'm going to say allegedly. I guess this was this video footage was 2015. That's what they're saying. I don't know if this is recent. I don't know if it's 2015 because there are conflicted stories about this situation. So I'm going to go by what I read, basically. So allegedly... Michael Jordan broke up a fight between WAC 100 and Charleston White. I guess that's the story that everybody's running with. I guess WAC and Mike was at some point, you know what I'm saying? At some event. I think it was a boxing match, which is kind of funny. And, you know, it was an altercation breaking out and Michael Jordan intervened. Uh, but I'm just going to say from WAC 100's side of the story. You know, WAC and Charleston are both denying that they got into a confrontation. WAC 100 said that he got into it with Michael Jordan's security. That's what WAC is saying. And... You know, Michael Jordan stepped in and he's just like, look, man, I'm just trying to get by. Me and my girl are trying to get into the car. And then Michael Jordan's wife, you know, pulled him out of the altercation and they went a different direction. 
that's whack side. Charleston White denies even being at the event. And that, you know, WAC 100 got into it on his own. Which begs the question, which story is true? Because there are various publications reporting different things. And it's kind of hard to determine what the actual story is. Because, you know, Charleston White doesn't rub me off as the type of person that would be at a boxing match. WAC 100 does, though. And him getting into it with Michael Jordan's security, for whatever reason, sounds a bit more realistic to me. All right, moving on. So, Paul Pierce was on Cameron and Mesa's show, It Is What It Is. And I found that show to be very entertaining. I don't know, guys. I honestly think that Paul would be a great fit over there for It Is What It Is. For like a permanent position, pause. Like, they have a great dynamic together. Like, straight up. I think the show was entertaining as usual, funny as usual. You know, as Paul Pierce, you know, got into topics such as like who's better between him and Dwayne Wade, that's always been a toss up and a question. You know, Jalen Rose infamously roasted Paul Pierce on this particular subject back in the day and just destroyed him on television. But Paul Pierce suggests that if you put me alongside Shaq, if you put me alongside LeBron and D-Wade, I don't come out with at least three, four championships. And he's completely correct. Because Paul Pierce is a finals MVP. Y'all forget. Hey, young niggas. Because there's a lot of disrespect going on of Paul Pierce. Young niggas. Do not be fooled by those YouTube videos that show LeBron pause dominating you know LeBron dominating Paul Pierce oh man this is why uh, 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 Paul Pierce hates LeBron hates on LeBron Paul Pierce does not hate LeBron LeBron was his rival for quite a while and in a lot of those matchups, Paul Pierce held his own against LeBron. Hell, in the 2008 NBA Finals, he held his own against Kobe. He was giving Kobe the business. Pause. But I'm just saying, like, he was cooking. He was cooking. So a lot of people do not do their research. I'm starting to see it because Paul is a legend in his own right. He had his own team. You know, he held down the Celtics for a long ass time. Like in the early 2000s, Paul was taking a shitty Celtics team to the conference finals with just him and Antoine Walker with mid ass role players. A lot of people forget that Paul Pierce was putting 40 on LeBron's head. Cooking this nigga. Embarrassing this guy. 
Like they took some of the footage off, of course, the, off of YouTube, but with all the footage that you can find, you can look up Paul Pierce versus LeBron James. And there may be some footage of him, you know what I'm saying? You know, all you gotta do is really just look at the 2008, 2010 playoffs. You know, and LeBron felt like that his teams wasn't good enough to beat Paul Pierce, KG, and Ray. So that's why he formed that team with, you know, with uh, D. Wade and Chris Bosh so that they can build a younger version of that team so that they can, you know, beat the Boston Celtics. So, you know, Paul compared himself to Dwayne Wade. And then, you know, they also talked about, you know, various other topics in sports that's going on. You know, they even talked about the Mike Rubin white party, which I am not going to delve into. <laughs> and it was just a funny, silly ass show. Oh, man, James Harden. So James Harden was a no-show at Joel Embiid's wedding. You know, but here's the thing. Like, these ballplayer niggas do not have to be friends with other ballplayer niggas just because uh, James Harden gifted Joel Embiid a roly for winning the MVP doesn't mean that he has to show up to his wedding. I don't think James Harden and Joel Embiid are that close anyway versus the individual players that actually showed up to the wedding. Because, um, you know, in the picture you see Gorgas Niang, who's been a teammate of Embiid's for quite a while. You saw Tyrese Maxey. You saw, uh, what's that boy name? Ah, I can't think of his name right now. Oh, DeAnthony Melton. And you saw Tobias Harris. So, James Harden is not obligated to be at Joel Embiid's wedding. So, y'all niggas need to stop with that shit. For real. For real, for real. Okay, so then, right? Check this out. So, James Harden was out at Bun B's Trill Burgers. I told y'all, nigga, Big Titty Harden is coming back, boy. Zion Williamson Harden was coming back, boy. You know what I'm saying? Hercules, Hercules, Hercules Harden was coming back, boy. That nigga was at Trill Burgers with Bun B and Lil Baby. Harden was over there eating them burgers like Buddy Love. No titties. No titties.
Um, so Austin Rivers, speaking of James Harden, Austin Rivers sounded off on James Harden, Ben Simmons, and Damian Lillard. Now, a lot of people are going to disrespect Austin Rivers for making these statements, but he's not mentioning himself as a star player. He's not mentioning himself on principles. He's not mentioning himself in the same light as a Harden, as a Simmons, as a Lillard. But low-key, I think Austin Rivers right now is better than Ben Simmons. And Austin Rivers ain't even signed to an NBA roster. And I think Rivers is better than Simmons. <laughs> but he feels like the behaviors of Harden, Simmons, and Lillard are ruining basketball. And he is 100% correct as far as that is concerned. Because... You know, he says that players are not honoring their con the contracts that they sign. And, you know, Dame is under contract for another three, three, four years with the Blazers. And Simmons, Simmons is just the biggest piece of shit in basketball history. Like, I hope he never plays another game, uh, another game of basketball ever again. I swear, because the game don't need people like him in it. When there are guys... That have been that would kill themselves to get into the NBA. That are more hungrier, that are more respectful, and just overall, just more respectful to the game than Ben. Because this is just Simmons is just an overprivileged nigga that has all the talent in the world and wants to be a half-ass about it. And, you know, he got paid already his money. So he's just sitting there fucking off that $30 million. And then he got that settlement money. So he feel like, I ain't got to play uh, I ain't got to play shit. I ain't got to do nothing these people say. I'm getting $35 million. Fuck y'all. And the funny part was Harden and Simmons were traded for each other. And they both used similar tactics to leave their teams. Harden gained a... About 300 pounds. Harden was out here looking like Professor Clump. And his actions are trending towards that direction now as he wants to leave Philly. And now Philly has gotten themselves in yet possibly another Ben Simmons situation. Where, you know, Harden got dock fired. For lack of a better term, low key, because the Sixers wanted to keep Harden. And they still not probably gonna keep him. But if I'm the Sixers, I'm trading Harden wherever the fuck I want him to go. And not where Harden wants to go. Fuck him. He didn't do nothing for the Sixers. But end up in the same place they've been the last three, four seasons. Like they were ended up in the same spots with Brett Brown, and that's why they fired him. So, you fired Doc Rivers for the same thing. And plus, you know, Harden wanting him gone. And of course, you know, Damian Lillard finally deciding that he wants to play for a championship contender, requested a trade. I mean, was he right in requesting the trade? I don't know. I couldn't give you an answer on that. I mean, 
when you've given your blood, your sweat, and your tears to an organization that has failed to put a championship caliber team around you consistently, you kind of want what those other guys got, which is a championship. But Damian presents himself as a guy that is a franchise player that's willing to live and die be, be behind morals and principles. And now, you know, since he's gotten to that point where he's let a lot of people get in his ear about winning a ring, now he's succumbed to the pressure. And now he wants to go out and win a championship and go to the Miami Heat. But it's not that simple. You're a tough piece to trade because, you know, you're making about 40 plus million a year and you're going to be doing that for the next four seasons. And I don't think Miami has the assets to trade with Portland because if they did, they would have gotten a deal done. So obviously it seems like Damian Lillard's going to have to stay in Portland. And I feel like Austin Rivers was right in everything that he was saying about these star NBA players. Last but totally not least. There's another article written by Tim Bontemps from ESPN that was um, very interesting. That stuck out to me. That I'm gonna uh, I'm not gonna read this entire article. I'm not gonna bore y'all. I'm just gonna read the key points of this article though. That I found a lot of interest in. And it was about is parody in the NBA here to stay? The new CBA could be the key. The Denver Nuggets became the fifth team to win a title, the fifth different team to win the title in the last five seasons. And the last time this happened was the years 1975 through 1980. As, you know, the NBA after 1980, we lived through dynasties. We lived through the uh, Magic Kareem dynasty. We lived through the Bird and Magic. I mean, the, the Bird and the Celtics dynasty. We lived through, you know, the Bad Boy Pistons. Then you had the Bulls dynasty. Then you had Hakeem win his two championships. Then you had the Lakers and the Spurs dynasty. Then you had LeBron jumping from team to team. Then you had the Golden State Warriors dynasty. So you had a lot going on here. You understand what I'm saying? So now, this parody thing that's going on, I'm going to be honest, it's good for the league. I like different champions. Even though I do miss NBA dynasties, you know, and it's good for the league because, you know, a lot of the smaller market teams actually have a chance to win championships like a Denver Nuggets, like a Milwaukee Bucks, like a Golden State that's now a, a big wig now, like a Oklahoma City Thunder, like a Utah Jazz. I mean, all everybody wants is competition. I mean, although 
the NBA in the past has been defined by dynasties. Now it's a new day. Now it's parody. Now it's not so much collusion. Now, you know, although the Phoenix Suns are the only super team, that's it though. Everybody else, it's either one star and a bunch of role players or it's multiple stars and a bunch of role players. So, this article was amazing. You know, I give niggas they credit for writing amazing shit. But it was just very interesting getting a live look in at, you know, the last five NBA champions, which were all different. Hopefully the next five, you know, but then again, it would be nice to see a repeat or even another three-peat maybe. I don't think Denver's going to three-peat, but they have the potential to repeat and defend their title. And that's what the NBA is all about. And that's what it's supposed to be about. Competition. And then maybe with this new tournament idea that they got, you know, maybe shit can get a lot more realer and a lot more competitive now. But that's my show. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all for coming through and fucking with me. Pause. <laughs> but um, this is King Known Uncensored. Just one of them days. And I'm out this bitch. <laughs>